Hello, and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Beyer. And I'm one foot. Welcome to the program. We are coming to you live. Woo! Listen to that crowd. <laughs> they are going wild in Woodridge. <laughs> oh, man, the, the excitement is high. Electric and, atmosphere. And the host is Except for Rufus, who's sleeping. <laughs> no respect. Let me say that the host still has ramen noodles like hanging out of his mouth from how he stuffed himself. Uh, my jealousy. Well, at least you have your neatly stacked slices of bologna ready. I do. I at least do. you're stacked neatly. Yeah, your agent, Regency Van Pelt, really takes uh, care of you from his assisted living facilities. Excuse me. <laughs> that is a home for retired professionals. Sorry. Very sorry. Not to disparage his abilities. He's really gotten you a lot of great deals, exciting yeah. endorsement opportunities. Yeah, he's a great manager. Yep. He's gotten you a deal with uh, No Fear Sweatpants to be their mm -hmm. uh, 2022 calendar model. Very impressive. Very excited by that. Yeah. And as well as uh, your one-man show called I, Len. Yes. A lot of hype for that one. Yes. Coming soon to a living room near you. A lot of hype and some jealous comments. <laughs> Listen, you asked me for notes, and I just said, put clothes on when you do it. That's it was really just my they, 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 A lot of the comments came off jealousy. It's jealousy. <laughs> I, Len, coming yep. soon. Just watch your front door. The doorbell rings. It could be. How, how, what's the running time on that now? You what, I, Len? I, Len, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, two hours, 45 minutes. That, that's, that's good. Yeah. That gives you a window into your soul. Yeah, I think, I think it'll do well. I think so too. Welcome to Jag Bags. <laughs> I feel like Charles Barkley and Shaq, you know, just riffing, just riffing. Of course, I'll be Shaq. <laughs> better be. You better be. <laughs> Tonight, we will be discussing uh, a very uh, special topic near and dear to both our hearts. But first, before we get to that, we're going to also talk Major League Baseball. Cubs and Indians seem to be up and down. Meanwhile, the White Sox are en fuego. The NBA regular season has ended. We'll do our Bulls and Cavs recap of their pathetic seasons. And we'll also uh, get into the play-in tournament, which is coming up. Some very intriguing matchups and one that I think the entire NBA wants to see. That'll be a good one. We'll also talk Rolling Stone top 500 albums of all time. And uh, tonight is a very special uh, topic. We had to shift gears due to our Harry Potter experts' uh, sudden schedule change. My daughter had to work a National Ninja League tournament. She was in charge of the Instagram videos, which means that uh, she was uh, had to be there for like 11 hours both days. But you took my advice and garnished her wages, right? I did. I did. I'm, uh, I bought extra bologna. Uh, nice. The, uh, yeah. Um, and uh strong fathering <laughs> well i mean when you leave your podcast uh you know show in the lurch yes yeah. uh, i think mm -hmm. she got off easy yeah I think but so. we'll do the harry potter episode at another time um most likely in june so tonight we're going to call an audible uh at first i regarded it as my main opportunity to discuss the genius of 38 special once again, I was overruled, and uh, I'm a little crappy about it. 
You missed a production meeting. I look, I you Olaf, said you were going uh, wakeboarding with Alex, and that was more important. I don't even know what that is. Well, I uh, Alex was going through some tough times, and so I thought I'd give him a two week salary advance. Oh my gosh, and, and uh, it was your idea to bring up the 38 special thing, and then he didn't even come to the meeting. So we're like, all right, Beatles solo, Beatles solo. That's what we landed on. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're going to talk. We're going to talk about the solo careers of John, Paul, George, and Ringo. We'll give you our top five albums. We've put together a airtight 35-minute playlist of uh, Beatles songs. Len has been cursing me all week. Yep. Uh, tough. Most underrated albums from the separate Fab Four. And we'll talk worst albums because there were definitely some clunkers. 64 solo albums, most of them by Paul. Um, and uh, we'll go, th- we won't go through them all, but we'll go through some of our favorites and some of our not favorites. So um, let's get right to it. Let's, uh, let's talk MLB. Um, the Indians and Cubs had an uh, up and down week. Um, and uh, they just can't, uh, it seems like both teams have, uh, they'll, it seems like they're on a roll and then they just kind of run into a brick wall. Um, What's the Indians record right now? Well, they went out to Seattle after sweeping the Cubs. And I think that was like having won eight out of nine, went out to Seattle and promptly dropped three out of four. Oh, so okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So the Mariners, uh, the Mariners definitely took it, uh, put the wood on them. And uh, so hopefully they can, they're playing the angels uh, tonight, but their record right now um, is, I think it's 21 and 17. I think they're two and a half back of the Sox, which is pretty amazing. All things considered, because it feels like the Sox is like the Indians won eight out of nine and they're still in second place. Uh, yeah, because the Sox yeah. have just been. Well, we'll talk about the Sox because you brought them up. So the Sox, the Sox are not losing. We're, yeah, we we're talking about that. I was talking about this before the podcast started. Is there's a lot of luck going on for them? Oh, because man, no, because they lost two of their best guys, and they got that Mercedes guy in yep. three fifty. You came out of nowhere. What if they if they didn't have him, they'd be in trouble. Now and I uh, their Cy Young candidate isn't pitching well, yep. but the rest of their rotation is, and their relief, their bullpen's starting to um, shape up. Yep. And which was which was going to be a strength going into the season. The the bullpen. Yeah, you always yeah. thought the bullpen and, and, was going to be. But there. yeah, but getting a guy like Mercedes and holding it together with none of their pretty much none of their starting outfielders available. I mean, their one, I think that was eaten is not hitting well and he's missed a few games too, but they, they're still managing to win all the time, even losing their two best young guys. So. Now I'm trying to picture it well for their season that things are falling in place for them, despite those two big injuries. Or it could mean that the luck will run out and the Indians will rise to the top. 
I watched a little of some of those Cubs Indians games, and I'm like, I don't know any of these Indians. I, know any <laughs> <guys>. I knew, <laughs> I knew uh, Ramirez. That was about it. The only guys left from the uh, pennant winning team are Ramirez, uh, Roberto Perez, and Brian Shaw. That's it. Yeah. No more. No other guys. Um, and they're all ex-San Diego Padres because the Indians have basically been trading with the San Diego Padres. So many of those guys are out of the Padres system. Um, all the Indian success is, it's gotta be with their pitching, right? Cause that I was looking at the team averages. I mean, the players averages and like, none of these guys are hitting. No, the only guy hitting worth a lick is well, Ramirez is hitting pretty well. And so is Fran Mill Reyes. Mm-hmm. Reyes is like, third in the American League in home runs. But uh, Rosario's... Is Reyes the giant guy? Yeah. That guy's huge. He is. Yeah. He is. I like him. Um, and, uh, but those, those are the only two guys that are hitting worth a, worth a, a damn. And uh, the Indians really got hot. They moved Hernandez, who's hitting like 205. But they moved him up to the leadoff spot and... Uh, and uh, I think there's something, well, they were something like 11 and three since the move, but then they went into Seattle and dropped three out of four. So, yeah, he, he's the guy who had a big homer against the Cubs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They got him from, we, got him the, from the Phillies. Good swings off. Uh, They're getting good swings off Bieber that game. They were. We had bases loaded, no outs, and we didn't score against them. Right. But nobody, I mean, he did not dominate us. We just didn't, if we would have got that one hit, the base is loaded. We could have won that game, I think. So that was frustrating. But at least the Cubs won two out of three against the uh, Tigers, who are terrible. Yeah. And I'm hoping they play four with the Nationals. The Nationals are not having a good year, so I'm hoping the Cubs can take three out of four against them. And tonight, tonight was, we didn't talk about tonight, Lester came back. He's awesome. getting five runs now. Awesome. Uh, Baez just hit a home off him. So Baez, Baez, Hayward, and uh, Contreras. Contreras. Yeah, and I was, uh, I was texting Brian and Anthony that catchers who have caught a pitcher for a long time, if they if the pitcher goes on a different team, they always seem to hit a home off him when they come yeah. back because like they know his stuff. Because Contreras yeah. has two hits tonight, and one of them's a homer. You know they are trash talking each other hard. Yeah. Yep. It's got to be I, weird playing against him and Schwarber. Schwarber hit a homer, a two-run homer. Yeah. You knew it's, he was fired up. Oh, you know, they they took Lester out now. Yeah. And uh yeah, Schwarber's one for three with a strikeout. That's an opportunity for the Cubs to uh move up uh because Washington is like you said that, that you know they're the Cubs can beat them. Yeah, they're really struggling this year. I was surprised how bad the Nationals' record was. And the thing is, after these four games at home, then they got to go play St. Louis on the weekend. So, you don't, you know, if we could get into striking distance, maybe we could put a dent in the Cardinals a little bit. The, Cub, the Cubs right now are three back of St. Louis. Yeah, so it's important to play well against the Nationals. Anyways. And you uh, want to, you want to be the Cardinals are been have been playing pretty well, but even they've kind of hit a, a bad spot. Um, 
so they can be I don't think they're I mean they're playing much better but I don't think that I wouldn't call them invincible and uh I don't think so the problem is is that they're going to play the pirates so they might get fat on the pirates um which means I think the pirates are better this year but they're more competitive this year mm-hmm. no doubt about it no doubt about it they that's get, a tough they division a, they get a little bit better each year yep they got a couple of good guys in their team but uh, let's move on to the NBA. Let's do it. And, uh, so it looks like Wade will lead Cleveland to the promised land, right? Wade. I've never heard of that guy. Wade, W-A-D-E. <laughs> Dean Wade. He scored 18 points yesterday. Dean Wade, our... Four three-pointers. <laughs> Dean Wade is our uh, sharpshooter. Uh, is he a rookie? I, I never heard of him. I think he's a second year guy. I think he was hurt all last year. Or maybe it's Windler. They have two like sharpshooters, Windler and Wade. Yeah. Um, ugh, the Cavs. Uh, you know, our, our brilliant listener, Bruce Hollett, said that uh, a highlight of uh, the podcast, the Wesley Snipes podcast, was when I started bad mouthing the Cavs and Kirk told me to shut my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> no, you're so any what, of it. Okay, so the Cavs. What if they get the number one pick? Who do you want them to take? Yeah, that, well, they have. I mean, I believe in Sexton and um, and Garland, and I think Jared Allen can be a good player for him. Um. You know, I, I don't think Kevin Love has any interest in being a part of this. So he's got to go. Um, and I think Okoro, I think there's something there with Okoro too. I, I really like his game, even if it didn't show up in the stats. And he's more of a defensive guy. And then you've got Nance, who I, I like. I think he plays hard. Um, and, you know, you've got some bench pieces in Torian Prince. Um, and, uh, you know, we, all, we made fun of Wade and, and Windler, but, uh, you know, they can shoot. Just because um, I never heard of him. Yeah. And so, I saw he was their leading scorer yesterday. Right. So I don't know who you take. I mean, that uh, Suggs, um, maybe you just take the best available guy. Um, you know, Suggs is coming out, and he was super impressive. Um. The uh, uh, Cunningham out of Oklahoma State. Yeah. Um, I think the two best guys in the draft are guards, though. You have two guards. That's the thing. Maybe they can trade the pick. Yeah, that might be smart. I just don't know who you take. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're not sure, you could trade it and get some stuff that you need, get a couple good guys. I mean, it would be it'd be great if they could get like a Hall of Famer type. That's who they need. So that's all they need is just like one Hall of Surefire Hall of Fame guy. No problem getting a Hall of Famer. And they can. They're uh, out there. They're, they're out, out there. there. It's in the next draft. Absolutely. Yep. <sighs> what about the Bulls? Well, the Bulls need a shot blocker. Yeah. And although Kobe White's played well, I still think he's better suited as a shooting guard even if it's a, a pippin type like a distributor like a point forward 
that would probably be those are the two things they need shot blocker doesn't either a shot blocker or a lockdown defender and williams who knows williams might be that in a couple of years he showed flashes i already like him so and he's 19 yep he's gonna get stronger and smarter as far as knowing everybody in the league he might end up being that in a couple of years but i mean a shot blocker would be ideal Especially because no matter what Billy Donovan says, Levine's never going to be a good defender. He just doesn't have it in him. But if you have somebody behind him to uh, block shots at the rim, then maybe Levine could use his quickness more and go for steals and stuff. Because Levine doesn't really even steal the ball that much, Mm -hmm. considering how athletic he is. And then if you hit either a point forward or a really strong point guard, that would re- relieve some of the turnover problems they've had. And you got the scorers because you got Levine and Vukovic and Kobe White. And uh, I can't believe I'm saying this because I feel like I've said this three years in a row. Is they should be a playoff team. They really should. Hey, they just got they a have little, a lot of talent. They just got a little work to do in the offseason. They can – fix one of those problems, then I, I think they'll be good. Would you call this season a disappointment? Oh, definitely. definitely. Yeah. I a lot of odd, odd things happened. They really did. Levine, Levine missed all those COVID games or else they'd probably be in the play-in. I think if Levine is there, they beat out Charlotte at least for the 10 spot, possibly get to the 9 or 8. And basically, Karen part of the team a little bit, kind of, you know, late in the season. It's hard to um, get chemistry, get the right chemistry. And especially when it's an all-star like Vukovic, you know. So you have two guys who really need the ball a lot. It's really weird how these mid-season trades really kind of sunk both teams. Like, I thought the, uh, the Vukovic trade would – I thought, oh, then now they're going to, they're all in. They made it, they got a, you know, a legit bona fide all-star. And uh, they definitely, you know, on paper, it looked like they got better. And um, they did. They did. It's just took them a while to get used to playing each other, playing with each other. Just didn't show up in the wins and losses. They had a little slump and then, then Levine was out. Yep. He missed like 11 games, I think. Yeah, that that was it. Or like I said, maybe they we we'd be talking about who they're playing right now. And it was a chance for Markinen to step up, and he didn't do it. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, I will trade you Dean Wade for Laurie Markinen. <laughs> I will throw in Dylan Windler. Markinen, even when he's playing well, he ends up getting hurt too. So yeah, it's a shame. You he know, there are times where I thought he'd be there. a really good ball player. He did. He's got the talent. It's just too many injuries and not consistent enough. That doesn't mean he's not going to be good in a couple of years. He's pre- he's pretty young, but I, I don't. I think the Bulls got to move on from him. Watch, he'll get traded to the Knicks, and then Thibodeau will be like Markkinen <laughs> will play forty eight minutes. A game. <laughs> and then he will he will never get injured. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about the Knicks some more next week. Yes, yes, they're. Uh, all the Thibodeau haters are like, ah, uh, uh, God. <laughs> uh. 
Let's talk about the play-in matchups real quick. Yes. All right. So, Should we just get right to the marquee matchup? Should we just get right into yeah, it? Yeah, go ahead. 10 p.m. Eastern time. So that's 9 p.m. Woodridge, Illinois time. Golden State Warriors versus the Los Angeles Lakers. It's on Wednesday, right? Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, so I can watch that one. Steph versus LeBron again. I just wish they were 9 and 10, though, not 7 and 8. Right. So let's it go over be- how the how the play-in works. So say Golden's if uh, if the Lakers lose, they get another chance. Is that right? Yeah. The Lakers lose, they play the winner of San Antonio and Memphis. And I I'm not 100%, but I think even if the Lakers lose the first game, they get to play another game. I mean, uh I don't think they're just out if, if let's say Memphis won and they beat the Lakers. I think they might play another game. Mm. But uh, that's that's in my fantasy world. That's what I want to happen. But I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Warriors could beat the Lakers, but I don't think Memphis or San Antonio can beat the Lakers. I so I, still, I still think the Lakers and the Warriors are will both be in the actual first round instead of this plan. I think they'll both get there. Oh, you say, you say I'll be the Lakers in the... Yeah. The number Even seven though... team in the standings by winning percentage hosts the number eight team. So that the Lakers will play... The Lakers will be at home to play Golden State. No, I think the Warriors are seven, aren't they? No, I think the Lakers are. The Lakers are? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Lakers are. So if LA wins, they're in. Yes. Um, they would play the um, – they play Phoenix. So <laughs> you're a two seed, and you, you're going to either play the Lakers or Golden State. <laughs> that's and if why, you're one seed, you might play the Lakers or Golden State. That's why the Clippers are under serious fire because uh, they've been, like, accused of tanking to get the number three seed and avoid – that scenario altogether. But there's no every team in the West is really good. Yeah. So there's get not a bad to, team in there. I mean I guess if Memphis or San Antonio somehow makes it, those are two teams that aren't so good. Right. But everybody else, this they're loaded. It's not so, like playing the Mavericks is going to be easy. Uh, Dallas, I wouldn't want to play uh Doncic in the playoffs. Yeah. So they so then the Memphis San Antonio game. Whoever loses that is out. Yes. And goes to the lottery. Mm-hmm. The winner goes to game three and plays either Golden State or LA, whoever loses that game. Right. right. And then the loser of the game three enters the lottery. And Are you the winner. Sure about yeah. The, I'm the seven, listening. even if the, so if the seven seed loses. Yep. Twice they're out. They don't get they're, a third game. Nope. That's not according to ESPN.com. Okay. They're saying that would be crazy if the Lakers lost both games. It'd be amazing. I don't. I don't I would, see it. I don't see it happening. I would love it, but the only thing it's Anthony Davis. He looks like he's in pain, and LeBron's ankle's still messed up a little bit. Yeah. So that's why I think the the Warriors could probably beat them, but I'd be shocked if if Memphis or San Antonio beat them. 
I love Memphis. I I think John Morant is awesome. I think he plays without without any regard for his body, <laughs> which I respect. He just attacks the rim. Um, but yeah, I think he needs a little more. C- and I don't know that overall. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how me- if Memphis has the the horses. No, I mean, I can't believe I'm going to try to say his name, but but. <laughs> Their center is really good. Oh, Valanchunas. Yeah. He is good. But they don't have much besides those two. What do you think about the East, though? What do you think is going to win the East plan? Well, it's so the the seventh seed is the Boston Celtics, who I think are without Jalen Brown. Mm -hmm. They're playing the Wizards, who are, I mean, they've come out of nowhere. Um, although Beal is maybe a little dinged up as well. Everybody's dinged up. So Yeah, but like, Beal played yesterday. Yeah. I think the Wizards are a really tough out. I think um, the Wizards will beat the Celtics. That's what I think. That ten that Charlotte Indiana game, that is like that is the you know, two dregs. No, nah, I kinda like I kinda like Indiana. I I think they have talk about a disappointing season. I thought Indiana would be much better this year than they than they were. Um, They've had injury problems too. Sabonis yeah. was out for a while. Uh, I wonder. If, I don't know if Bragdon's going to play. Did he play yesterday? No, he didn't play yesterday. He might still be out. But I like watching Sabonis play. Doug McDermott. Doug McDermott is shooting lights out. So I'm, I'm rooting for the Pacers in that one. I don't think Charlotte's good at all. So I, I like think Indiana wins that one. I like Rozier. I always root for Rozier. Um, I like what he did um, in the playoffs against uh, Cleveland um, when uh, he got the chance to be the starter and was he, that guy was awesome. He just took on LeBron without fear and. Uh, I was like, I'm I'm a Terry Rozier fan, um, and we'll see if Lamelo, uh, who had a very nice season, a very strong contender for the Rookie of the Year, um, I'm I'm gonna go with Charlotte in that game. I well, you're Charlotte. wrong. You're wrong. Oh, go. I'm gonna write a strongly worded letter to Mr. <laughs> Van Pelt, your your elderly agent, and. Also ask him if he would be willing to take, All right, me, so take me on either, as well. Either Charlotte or Indiana against the Celtics. Who do you think wins? Uh, oh, so you're going with the, the Celtics. Oh, because the Celtics lost. Then they, no, the Celtics will lose. So they'll have to I, play Charlotte and, or, yeah. or Indiana. I still think the Celtics can do it. I don't think. Yeah. That. I think Jason Tatum will rise up enough where they make it. I think he's too good, yeah, to uh... – Losing Brown really hurts them. I don't think they win their next series, but I think they'll have enough to get into the first round. I think so, too. And I'll be, rooting I... for the, I'll be rooting for the Pacers, and I'll be rooting for the, for the Golden State Warriors. I can never root for Draymond Green, but uh... – I can't stand Draymond Green, but – Steph Curry, 
he's too fun to watch. You want you want Golden State in the playoffs for as long as possible. You know, it's so funny. If they hadn't played the Cavs, I would be the probably the biggest Golden State fan ever. Um, I agree that they are fun to watch, but there's too much history, too much baggage. I can't stand them. I think I just cannot stand the Warriors. I get it. Uh, so, uh, but it's funny. But at the same time, I would love it if they tormented LeBron yet again. It'd be it'd be delicious, just delicious. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch. I, like I said, though, I wish it was whoever loses out because then I know. it would be super intense. Now it's like, eh, we lose. So what? They'll play hard, but it's not. It's not going to have the same intensity level. Right. Well, if you win, you're in. And you don't, and you can rest up. Yeah. So, um. And if you win, you're the seventh seed. And I think, I think whoever wins that game would love to get uh, their hands on Phoenix because I think Phoenix is a paper tiger. Yeah, I think, well, we'll talk more about that next week. Yeah. We'll discuss everybody next week. All right. Let's let you want to do your two Rolling Stone top 500 albums and I'll do my 12. Quickly. Yes. Yes, Mr. Overachiever. It's, uh, <laughs> I will, uh, so we do a section every week where we take the Rolling Stone top 500 albums of all time and we take an album, we dissect it, we tear it apart, we put it in separate areas, then we put it back together again and then give our reviews. Well, that's just me. Len just listens. To <laughs> Are you a scientist? Len just listens to each album once. Ah, whatever. <laughs> I liked it. I didn't like it. Sounds just like me. <laughs> I've, that was my amazing point. That was my pinpoint. You are. Precision. You learned well from Fred Travelina. <laughs> Have I told my Fred Travelina story on Jagbags? I don't know. I don't know either. Another time. Another yeah. time. Yep. I'll tease the listeners. A lot that. on the plate. Maybe we can bring it up next week. Yes. A great story. My man, Fred. Rest, rest in peace. Um, all right. I'll go with my albums first so my first album uh ranked 461 on the rolling stone top 500 is uh the album called for emma um and i don't think that's the full um uh, i don't think that's the full uh album uh, title um but it, the uh, the artist is bon iver oh, okay and uh the album is Forever at for Emma, I think it's forever I think ago. It's called, I think he's called Bonavere. <laughs> I do. For Emma, you might, forever, be, you might be right. For Emma, forever ago. Yeah. I, uh, this, this album is also on the Jag Jaguar, uh, uh, label, which I found funny. Um, uh, this album was recorded in 2008, and when I first I avoided this album because I just thought, who does this guy think he is? Um, like he has reshaped a generation's understanding of love lost. He retreated to the Wisconsin woods to record this album on a lo-fi, you know, auto tune. I'm like, fuck this guy. <laughs> Not even going to give it a chance. <laughs> so pretentious 
but because it's Rolling Stone, I have to. And um, and it's for the podcast. I didn't hate this. To me, this record is very much in the vein of Fleet Foxes. Um, I love well, Fleet Foxes. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I, I really like them. And uh, an Iron and Wine. I don't know if you're an Iron and Wine guy. I only know, I've only know a little bit about Iron and Wine. To me, they're kind of in that same, you know, they're kind of folk kind of rock, but with a little bit of, you know, today's technology, you know, the auto tune and there's a lot of auto tune in there. And, um, and to me, uh, his falsetto, it got annoying after a while. Um, I would say if you like Fleet Foxes, give this album a shot. I much prefer Fleet Foxes. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, I don't know if Fleet if Fleet Foxes uh, has an album in the uh, top 500, but if this album made it, they don't. They're not in they there. Then no. that is a huge miss. Yeah. Unacceptable. There's no way that this album is better than anything mm-hmm. Fleet Foxes has done. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'll end it there. Um, the other album I listened to. Uh, number 460 is the album called Melodrama by Lord. And um, this was recorded in 2017. Uh, my daughter's a Lord fan. I and like uh, Lord's first album a lot. Yeah, with Royals. The, yep. She was 16 when she did that. Yeah, that's a really good album. And uh, so I believe this is the follow up. And uh, you know, it's it's a little more interesting than most. It's top forty music, but there's a little more. Um, there's a little uh, smarter, uh, more of an edge to Lord's music than um, just like your typical run of the mill top forty uh, songs and or uh, records. And um, I think it comes across here. I think she's gonna have. I think her best work is yet to come. Um, it's, uh, I think she's just getting started and, uh, she hasn't done anything since though. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, maybe she's going to college. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe she's sick of the music thing for a while, but I hope she, uh, records again because I feel like this album was much better than her debut, much better. And, um, I don't know if I'm ready to put this, if I would say this is definitely a top 500 record. Um, and uh but uh i think it's good um and uh i would recommend this as well those are my two album reviews yeah i'd put her first one in the top 500 i thought it was really good it was good it was good so so you were uh you were walking around listening to that the top volume walking around yes walking around <laughs> there's doing, land. there goes land lord. listening to lord again <laughs> there's land walking around listening to lord <laughs> all right, I have a lot, so I will do, try to do them quickly. Let's do it. We got Thanks time. To we, we worked all overnighters this week. Oh, bleeding. 12 albums, including one that's technically four albums. The first one we listened to was number 271, What's the 411? Mary J. Blige. Who I like, but I didn't know this album. I like a couple of her songs. And uh, she does a cover of Sweet Thing, the Chaka Khan song. Yeah. It's really good. Really mm-hmm. good. 
And yeah, I liked it. I would listen to that one again. Number 276 is The Benz, Radiohead. Ah. And I listened to this one before and I liked it. And I listened to it again. And I'm like, this is really good. Because the first two songs are, are kind of rock songs. You think Radiohead, you think kind of almost um, just slower stuff. Yeah. But the first two songs, I think it's, let's see. Planet Telix and the the title song, really good. And then the next two songs are High and Dry, great song. Fake Plastic Trees, which are both great songs. Yeah, so that's that's a really good one. So the Benz, I can't believe had you not known the Benz, I'd listened to it, but I didn't know it because we talked about radio before. Yeah, and I can't I can't ever listen to Karma, please. I've tried many times. I even got rid of the CD. So I was like, no more karma, please, for me. <laughs> but yeah, this... I'd, like to, I'd listened to Ben's before, but I just didn't know it well enough, so I listened to it again. And in Rainbows, I like a lot, too. Yeah. This record was constantly being played in Simon's Tavern in the 90s. Really? By all our, you know, Nick, Matt O'Neill, all those guys. They loved, loved, loved <laughs> this album. And it was all, they were always playing it. And I loved it, too. That was like really solid, good rock. And so when OK Computer came out, I was like, well, I don't understand this. And um, oh, yeah. OK Computer. I keep calling it Karma Police. <laughs> <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Lester Bangs. Yeah. <laughs> Encyclopedic knowledge. <laughs> Album Karma <Tyler>. Police. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. OK Computer. I. Um, did not like for like months and months. And then I was like, I'm an idiot. This album is outstanding. Um, and, uh, and then like kid a amnesiac um, in rainbows. I was like, they've gone. So they've gotten boring. Um, but, uh, and I just, I kind of wrote them off, but lately I've been listening to those albums again i'm like i was wrong no they're re- they were just ahead of their time they really were um and the it's the bends that's now is the kind of the the uh the anomaly outlier. yeah the outlier yes yeah i was surprised i was, uh, I was like i don't remember you know i don't remember there being a couple of jams that i knew he liked it but right right yeah um then 277 the Diary of Alicia Keys, <laughs> similar to similar to Mary J. Lige, somebody I like, but I didn't know everything. And it's also also a good album. Yeah. If I ain't got you, it was one of the hits on it. And, I like uh, that song. Yeah, another one I would return to. <laughs> would you say that's a top five hundred? Um. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I like her, so I, I for me, yes. I think so. I think she gets referenced a lot too. A lot. Yeah. So definitely for Rolling Stone. Right, right, right. She sold like millions and millions of records. She's like, yeah, huge, um, hugely popular artist. (laughs) My next album is number two eighty. Get Rich or Die Trying by 50 Cent. 
Another one that you walk down the street listening to. I, of course, like, hey, everyone, Len is in the club. But (laughs) when they play this album at Liquor Box, everyone's like, oh, no, (laughs) here comes Len. It's good, but you know know what? It's it's a good album, but it's totally. I always think when I listen to a rap album that's uh, got a lot of the N word and is kind of raunchy. I think of Michael Bolton in Office Space. You know that scene? Like, yes, you like it, but you're like, I better roll up the window. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody hears what I'm listening to. (laughs) Probably best enjoyed on a uh, AirPods where no one can hear. (laughs) Make sure no one else is around because you don't know who's going to get offended. People are. It's it's good. It's good. It's a good album. But I. Let's totally just think of that. <laughs> uh, the next one, this one surprised me. Number 282, In the Wee Small Hours by Frank Sinatra. Ooh. Do you know that album at all? Love it. I think it's great. I didn't know about it. I mean, I know all his big hits. There's like no signature Frank Sinatra song on here. Yeah. In Rolling Stone, it says it's it's like a concept album. Because yeah. every song is about loneliness and lost love. And it's really good. And it, it does kind of flow like that. Like every, it has a, uh, the same feeling for entire, entire album. Yeah. It, and, it's some, and it's a theme he would return to again. I really like this. And if you like this album, I don't know if Only the Lonely is uh, in the top 500, but I... I I love In the Wee Small Hours, but I think Only the Lonely is even better. Yeah, I think this is the only Sinatra one in there. That's I don't think I, I don't think that's as good as Only the Lonely. Really? Uh, but it's the same idea. It's you know. Uh, yeah, like I said, it was a big surprise to me. I really liked it. I didn't know any of the songs. Yeah, I I love uh, In the Wee Small Hours. There's got some great songs on there. And then my next one was number 283, Bad Girls by Donna yes. Summer. Yes. Well, here's I, I like Donna Summer a lot, but I would if I'm gonna put a Donna Summer top 500 album in there, I would put her on the radio, Greatest Hits Volume One, Volume Two, because my favorite songs aren't on Bad Girls, because Bad Girls has the title cut and the hot stuff, which are, we're both were really overplayed. Mm-hmm. and dim all the lights which i just think is decent but you're missing stuff like last dance macarthur park heaven knows the songs i really like so i would put a, if i'm gonna put down a summer in there i would have picked on the radio i i can't argue that you know her greatest hits is certainly better than bad girls yeah and yeah that might make my top 500 when i do mine on the radio absolutely yeah that belongs She's the and whole then, thing. The, yeah, yeah. The, ne- <laughs> the next one. So you know she's good. <laughs> the next one is part of the reason why we had to do overnighters. And that is Down Every Road, Merle Haggard, which is 100 songs. <laughs> All right, now, that come on. I listened to 100 Merle Haggard songs. Did you really? Did you yes. listen to the whole thing? I did. Well, it helps that a lot of the songs, and I was going to make a joke about it, a lot of the songs are like two minutes long. Yeah. It's like, 
All right, this, this song's called The Story of Bonnie and Clyde. Let's talk about everything Bonnie and Clyde did in two minutes. I can't Ready? believe they put a, so it's like an anthology kind of yeah. his career. It's basically his whole career and they put the whole thing in there. That's amazing. And he, he reminds me of Glenn Campbell. They have, to me, they have, their voices are similar. And he really, I feel like he sticks to his guns his whole career because he doesn't really change the sound at all. No. Maybe the songs get a tiny bit longer, but if you're going to represent a guy like this, this has every single, I mean, a hundred Oh my God. I mean, he had a huge career. I prefer, um, I love Merle Haggard, but I personally think his 60s stuff is the best. His 70s stuff to me is okay. And, you know, 80s. I imagine this anthology goes all the way into the 90s. and Yeah, 62 to 94. God. Oh it's man. humongous. Yeah. Like what, um, what's your favorite Merle Haggard song? Uh, I love uh, House Full of Memories. Um, I love... Um, I love Sing Me Back Home. Um, I love Today I Started Loving You Again. I love Tonight the Bottle Let Me Down. That was covered by many. I think Elvis Costello covered that. And on Almost Blue. And I think the Flying Burrito Brothers, who we talked about last week, they were big Haggard fans. Um, I also, I like Mama Tried which is kind of her, one of his big hits. Um, the Oki from Muskogee record is interesting because the lyrics are so right wing. Um, really? <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a, uh, the, the first two lyrics of the, of the song are, we don't smoke marijuana in Muskogee. <laughs> we don't take our trips on LSD. I'm going to have to do a cover of that then. Yeah. We believe in living right and being free. And so it became this kind of right wing anthem. And, and every time they ask him about it, he always like plays it coy kind of tongue in cheek. So people don't know whether he, is he making fun of these? I mean, he, was, he wrote it in like the late sixties, mm. early seventies when the Vietnam war was going on. So he really kind of spoke for the, you know, the people who, draped themselves in the flag and um you know supported the war of which there were a lot of people he sold a lot of records you know just as political as uh, the other protest songs um but he was always kind of circumspect as whether he was satire or whether he really believed it um probably trying to play both sides of the fence there um i think it's a lesser song um but uh I think 20 greatest hits is enough for Merle Haggard. I don't know about, I can't believe you listened to a hundred. I did. <laughs> you get a, you get a Haggard medal. <laughs> and our, I and our listener, and our listener, Bruce Hollett will be proud of you. He'll forget all those terrible things you said about the White Sox. I didn't say anything terrible about the White Sox. You called them lucky. Well, it's good. I would call, <laughs> say the Cubs were lucky if they're winning without two of their best players. Go uh, D. Maria in uh, his d new disguise is coming for you. <laughs> Obviously, Leonard is Merle Haggard's best song. 
<laughs> I forgot about Leonard. Leonard. Obviously. And obviously. I like Trouble in Mind. That's a good song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like it too. And but I liked it enough to listen to all hundred songs, despite Raj's protests and yes. Xavier and Simeon were like, "Can we skip a couple?" <laughs> no, but Troy and Bart were really into it. So you're those poor, you poor staffers. We got through it. We got through it. I'm proud of you for listening to all 100. That is a great achievement. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Uh, next one is number 285. This this goes. <laughs> there's a few of these, and we've been doing this for a long time now. And this is one of those albums where I listen to it, and I'm like, I don't know what to think. I gotta listen to it again. And it's Third Sister Lovers by Big Star. Oh, that's the uh, that's their third album, right? Yes, their first two I know real well. Yeah, and I think they're great. But this one, I was like, mm, I don't know. Hmm. And well, I mean, it's it's rated pretty high. And yeah, what's it rated? Two eighty five. Jeez. And it's it's kind of bleak and I'm like I don't know what to think of this. So I don't really have a. I'm gonna have to listen to that one again. I've listened to it once and didn't care for it, but I probably because it wasn't. It was nothing like the first two, so I'm right. just like, what, right. what? I think that's part of why my reaction too. Yeah. And then I also listened to Californication. Uh, <laughs> no, like no. They are the shack of, me of popular music. <laughs> they, are, they are in my pantheon of hate. I have, a, I have a couple things to say about them. I like them. I like them. No, you don't. I, yes, won't I, do. let, I won't let you. I was wearing a blood sugar sex magic hat <laughs> when we were on vacation during one of our baseball trips. In the 90s. Got a gift from Blaze. <laughs> Blaze is more of a ZZ cop, man. <laughs> he likes the red hot chili peppers when he wants to get edgy. Yeah. <laughs> when he wants some deep bass. <laughs> but if I'm going to put chili peppers in the top 500, I'd put Mother's Milk in there. That's my favorite one of theirs. I, would, I, put, I would put Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Yeah, one of those two, not Californication. I mean, Californication, I think, is decent, but I, I don't think it should be in there. That's the and, album that that's their that's their monster album, isn't it? Yeah, I'm. I feel like uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic was pretty huge too. Yeah, Mother's Milk was like their breakthrough. Mother's Milk was the one that got noticed, right? And um, but the, I mean, I like them, but they're not a band I have to. I want to listen to a lot. They're kind of like they're kind of like the Doors to me. I think I like the Doors too, but I don't think I could listen to them regularly because there's something about their style that just gets a little tiring. But when I'm in the mood for them, yeah, yeah, I'll put them on. I know the type of artist you're talking. I I feel that way about the Doors, and I think also like the Doors, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are very polarizing. Yes, definitely. they inspire definitely. very strong opinions. Yeah. You know, a lot of people yell about them because <laughs> they're in the Hall of Fame. They are. Ugh. Yep. Yeah. And another uh, performer that we've talked about previously at 289 is Bjork. Yes. And this album is Post. And I knew this one a little bit because 
It's so quiet down there. Do you remember the video for It's So Quiet? Uh, vaguely. Yeah, and uh, it's a good song. An Army of Me. Do you know that one? I don't think so. That's, that was a semi-popular song, too. Yeah. And it's, it's a good album. I got to re... Uh, I got to look into Bjork more because this is a good album. And the other one I listened to is that I didn't know it all. I liked it, too. <laughs> Have, have you ever met anyone that's just like Bjork is the finest? No, that's, I mean. I don't know anyone that's like, I'm a huge Bjork. I mean, they've got to be out there. But it's a, this is a good album. And we just don't know. We didn't right. know. Right. Everyone's too busy talking about her swan dress and her eccentricities, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So right. it overlooks the fact that she's actually good. Yeah. She's had a very successful career. And it's, it's iconic. I wonder if she'll get in the Hall of Fame. Hmm. I don't know if she's got the depth of catalog to get in. I say she will at least get nominated. Not anytime soon, but before it's all through. Yeah. So I got two left. Number 339, Rhythm Nation, 1814. Janet Jackson. Got my favorite Janet Jackson song on it, Escapade. That's uh, that's your favorite Janet Jackson song. I love that song. I I was walking down the street listening to Lord uh, (laughs) Merle Haggard and Escapade this past week. (laughs) There's Len. Come on, baby. Let's get away. I'll (laughs) take you on an escapade. (laughs) You probably thought you were listening to Janet. You probably thought Janet Jackson had just come into the studio right now. The amazing dulcet tones of Jag Bags. Yep. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible singing voices we have. And Love Will Never Do Without You is on there, which is also a song I really like. And Black Cat, which was a big hit. Damn. Oh, definitely, man. definitely worthy to be in there. I, I think that whole uh album is strong. The knowledge is great. Um uh I like um I mean the the big or oh, miss you much that's on there isn't it i love that i don't think that one's on there that's not on rhythm nation let me check but the thing about janet jackson is she's almost despite her billion hits she's still kind of overshadowed by her brother despite having an incredible career very much so of course yeah miss you much is on there come on oh it is on there and all right i love that song yeah, it's just full of hits. Oh, yeah, you're right. Miss you much. Um, I was too busy singing Escapade. I just kept playing Escapade on repeat as I was making my, <laughs> doing my <laughs> constitutional. <laughs> A visual I could never unsee. You know, uh, I, I think it's interesting, Just this album and then Control, the one that was, uh, before that and i believe janet too was produced by uh jimmy jam and uh and terry lewis and i to me it's interesting that you know janet jackson in order to get out from the shadow of her brother basically turned to minneapolis and prince and his lieutenants because you know, those guys from the time, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and Jelly Bean Johnson. I mean, all those guys are basically responsible for the sound that made her a, a 
you know, a huge, you know, iconic uh, musical figure. I, I, I think it's ironic that uh, she went to Michael. I wonder what Michael ever thought of that. Like, why you went to him? Well, it distinguishes her because it's it's funkier. No doubt about it. Yeah. No, he was she, a smart, uh, smart move. Very smart. Yeah. Um, and it, it was a way to kind of say, I'm not this little girl who, and she was looking at probably what all her other siblings were trying to do and couldn't do it. And Yeah. And she didn't do too many ballads either. The mm-hmm. only one I could think of offhand is uh, let's wait a while, but a lot of, a lot of the a lot of dance music more than anything. On Rhythm Nation, yeah, I mean, she really, um, Love Will Never Do Without, I mean, that's sort of a ballad. Come Back to Me, that's a ballad. Um, she released eight singles from that album. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, one left. And it's your favorite album, Liquid Swords. That is my favorite album. <laughs> you know that one at all? No. Who's who's who does Liquid Swords? <laughs> GZA. It's a Wu Tang solo album. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was fine. It, it's cinematic is the word I would use for it. I love those types of uh, hip hop records. You would me. like Liquid Swords. Maybe it will end up being your favorite album. What's it ranked? 347. Wow. Yeah. So it's ranked way ahead of juveniles uh, effort that I, that I enjoyed. Um, yeah. I never had, heard, I've heard, obviously heard of the Wu-Tang Clan, but I'd never heard of this album. And I think I, I kept thinking GZA was RZA, hmm. but nope, he's GZA. I, I kept to- looking at it. I'm like, is it GZA? Yes, it is. I'll so have all you to, Wu-Tang Clan fans, you know we're on top of this. You listen I'll to Jag Bags for incisive takes on the Wu-Tang Clan. And we deliver. We delivered hard to that tonight. Many many uh, of our listeners tune into Jag Bags exclusively for our hip-hop album reviews. It's coming. Laura just texted me, and we, we already considered this, and we're going to do it, that she wants an all-rap podcast. And it's going to happen. <laughs> We talked about it. It's going to happen. Well, I think, you know, our, our, our hip hop palette has certainly expanded as a result. It definitely of, has. Of That's what's fun bags. about this. Yeah. I, looked, no I listened to hundred Merle Haggard songs. Uh, you are, you win the entire, I, I really have to stand uh, and well, really I'm saluting your staff. Um, I heard there are only three hospitalizations. Um, That's not bad though. That's, that's pretty bad. good. Yeah. Um, so well done to Len and his staff. Should we move to the main event? Yes, I'm all set. All set with my Rolling Stone top 500. Thank you. You guys, no, you guys got to stay for a little longer. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you be you get to go home in I don't know hour. Yeah, make it a short phone call. I am. Uh... I'm, I'm alerting uh, work uh, union authorities right now. Let's uh, let's move on to the Beatles solo album. Um, while we send uh, ambulances out to 
Rescue Lens staff. Um, for this album, for this uh, podcast episode, we are exploring the solo work of uh, John, Paul, George, and Ringo. And uh, we, uh, we're going to go over uh, each of our top five albums that we like the most. Some underrated uh, records, we'll point those out for you. Maybe uh, an overlooked uh, record or two that we think you would, the Jag Bags listener would enjoy. We will point out their worst album, the worst album ever put out by a solo Beatle. And sadly, there are quite a few candidates for that. Um, and then we have a uh, special treat. Len and I have put together a playlist only 35 minutes long of our top solo Beatles records. And Eve's torturous idea. Yes. And I will, uh, I will also extend the same challenge to you, the Jag Bags listener. Send us your 35-minute solo Beatles playlist. And uh, I think that would, uh, I think there'd be a lot of uh, great candidates. Um, you can uh, submit that to our Facebook page, our Twitter page. Um, we're also on Instagram. So send us your ideas there and we're going to get started with ours. Uh, did I forget anything? Well, we also should talk about a few of the albums that are Jag Bags listeners mentioned. Definitely. Good call. So there's four that were mentioned, so we could talk about those too. You want to do those now or? Uh, sure, sure. Yeah. Why don't you talk, one of our first ones mentioned was Mind Games. Why don't you talk about Mind Games? I really like Mind Games. And, uh, you know, I was going to actually, when you, when you read about, and first of all, every critic and their brother has put, a, out a list of top 10 Beatles solo albums or we rank the solo Beatles solos albums from worst to first. And I always feel like mind games gets a raw deal. I think this record's great. I think they are um, a lot of, um, I think that there are a lot of songs that are overlooked um, that um, are, I think rank as, as good as any that he has uh, put out. He put it out in 1973 and he produced it himself. So no Phil Spector and his guns, um, you know, lording over the proceedings. But I love, um, I'm sorry. I love that song. Um, I love uh, One Day at a Time. I love that song. I love Out of the Blue. And, uh, Free to People, Bring On the, the Lucy. Um, I think this album was recorded while he was um, separated from Yoko and in his infamous kind of lost period oh, yeah. in L.A. So I think a lot of these songs are kind of filled with kind of like, you know, I'm, I blew this. I'm really sorry, Yoko, please. I'm, I'm out in here in L.A. I'm alone. I'm hanging out with Harry Nielsen. Help me. <laughs> I'm getting drunk all the time. Yeah. Uh, so I think you hear that in a lot of the music. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. I mean, that is just, you, you, I hear that. I'm like, oh, um, really, really sad and, and pleading, a pl kind of a plaintive song. Um, so I, I really, I would call that one of it, their, his most, under, or one of the most underrated solo efforts. 
Another one that got mentioned as a favorite was George Harrison's Cloud Nine. Ooh. And I think um, Cloud Nine was you're almost like, oh yeah, George Harrison. That's kind of a <laughs> right comeback for him. Very much so. He's like, I still got I still got some stuff to say. Absolutely. Got, got my mind set on you. That was a gigantic song. It really was. I think that was a number one hit, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. And it was just a real solid album. And I think it was, wait, I wrote something down about it. Because um, he had, he had an album in five years. Yeah. And he came back with, because his last one before that was Gone Trapo, which didn't really register at all. No. And he just came out with this, and he had his When We Was Fab, Devil's Radio. Great song. Great song. Cloud Nine. The yeah, it's, track. It, it was a, it's like one of his three really strong ones, I think. I agree. I also think that the, the, at this point, I felt like a lot of the Beatles were, the John, Paul, George, and Ringo were trying to forget they were in the Beatles and like do their own thing and like, yeah, that was then, but I'm a new person now. But by the time of... I don't know about Ringo, John and Paul. I don't think yeah. Ringo ever made you forget he was in the Beatles or tried to. True. But I think that Cloud Nine is the first that, hey, we're really going to like self-consciously go for the Beatles sound. You got Jeff Lynne from your all-time favorite band of all time um, in to produce, who was a huge Beatles nut. And uh, and you just really heard that the you know the you could tell that um, he really got a jolt from having Jeff Lynne in the studios helping him out. Yeah, he he really did. I I almost think he's that's his kind of personality. Sometimes he just needs a because all things must pass. That was just him going. All right, I have eight billion songs. Yes. So he just kind of did that on his own. But then later, I mean, he like traveling Wilburys. That was other guys going. All right, let's get together and do some stuff. Yep. And uh, what was the other one I was thinking of? There's another one like that where he just he just need a little little push. Oh, concert for Bangladesh. He works well in a collaborative environment, I think. I agree where he can kind of drive things, but I think he is content to be more in the shadows. I think it's just his personality. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's That's not a, a front guy. Mm-hmm. Cloud Nine's great. Yep. And the other two albums that were mentioned, possibly, I don't know if he was baiting you, and that was Bruce talking. <laughs> he said Ram is better than Venus and Mars. Bruce is always baiting me. He lives to bait me. <laughs> Lies in wait. But there's two um, two Paul McCartney items in the news. There is Ram's 50th anniversary now. Mm. And there's going to be a Hulu. Did you hear about the Hulu series? That looks great. Six episodes where Rick Rubin is interviewing McCartney. I can't wait for that. That that will be great. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think I think Ram got. I think when Ram, I don't know for sure, but I, I don't think Ram had a great reputation. But it's that reputation's been turning around in the past decade or so. No question about it. No question about it. I mean, when it first came out, it was, I think the critics just tore it apart. That's what that's, yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, very unfairly. 
Um, yeah. I think Ram is, well, we'll get to it. It's in my top five list. Um, I, I think it's one of the top, top five Beatles solo efforts. Um, so I'll save it for that, but definitely worth mentioning. Now, if it, is it better than Venus and Mars? Let's not get crazy, Bruce. <laughs> but it's, we'll uh, it's outstanding. Yeah, we'll get to that. All right. So what's next? What are we going to, what's next on the agenda? Should we do our, uh, should we do our playlist? Our 35 minute? Sure. Playlist. Let's Man, I'll go first since I always go last for the Rolling Stone. I'll give you my playlist. Okay. Uh, including how long the songs are since I only got 35 minutes. <laughs> Dictator. You're a better person. And I considered the, uh, I, I, I think the first song and album should be kind of a up-tempo one. So my first song is Awaiting on You All, George Harrison. Nice. Two minutes, 45 seconds. It's on All Things Must Pass if you're listening and don't know, about, know, don't know that song. My second is Ringo's Finest, It Don't Come Easy. Three minutes Great and song. two seconds. And then my favorite McCartney solo song, Listen to What the Man Said. Three minutes, 57 seconds. And then right, we'll take it down a little bit after those three up-tempo ones. Uh, God, John Lennon. Oh, man. Four minutes, nine seconds. And this is one that came out after he died, but I've always enjoyed this one. I was, like, debating whether to put it in there or not. I'm like, I'm going to put it in there. And it's Nobody Told Me. Ah. Three minutes. I, I love that song. Lennon's posthumous uh, hit. Yeah, three minutes, 34 seconds. Mm -hmm. Back to another McCartney. Arrow Through Me. Off mm. Back to the Egg. And if you haven't listened to Back to the Egg, go listen to it now. Three minutes, 37 seconds. And another Ringo, because I want to have two of everyone. And that's Photograph, Matt Engel's favorite song. Matt Engel. Three minutes, Says 56 seconds. He said, hands down, the best Beatles solo effort. It's hands really down. I remember I went to Music Works, this record store, and bought, they had like a sale. It's like a box of singles. You don't know what's in there. And I was super excited for um, uh, what was in there, and Photograph was in there. I was like, this is the greatest, because it was... <laughs> It like cost me nothing. I was a kid. I didn't have any money. Look, I'm like, I got a Ringo 45. <laughs> that is always okay, the best when you find a, a, something in the bargain bin. You're like, oh, this is amazing. And I paid nothing for it. And then um, I need another George. So what is life? Another uh, great one from All Things Must Pass. And then I was like, okay, I don't have hardly any any time left, but I was able to squeeze in two songs, both McCartney songs. So I put, put it there. From the which album. Which is only. Flowers in the Dirt. Isn't put it there from Flowers in the Dirt? Yeah, and it's only two minutes and seven seconds, and I love that song. So I threw that in there. And then I added another one from Back to the Egg. 
getting closer to end it with a jam. Well, you just, uh, you're Johnny back to the egg. It's a great album. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to, uh, and they both fit too. So it's like, I, I left off. I mean, it's impossible not to leave off some great songs. So you were, uh, you really, uh, I mean, you had some like hits in there. Yeah, photograph and what is life? It don't come easy. Listen, the man said we're all big hits. Yeah, I so love listening you know, what the man said. Yeah, yeah. Great uh, background vocals in listen to what the man said. Those are, um, I think that's something that you know the, the Beatles always do just so well. I love their harmonies and, um, and I think the wonder the really, of it all, baby. Yeah. It's, my it's, brother once my brother's actually a good singer he's not like me and we were doing karaoke and he was i'm like sing listen to what the man said and he forgot how it went <laughs> so i'm going the wonder of it all baby <laughs> that must that was probably must see viewing <laughs> They're like, hey, how come the guy, <laughs> how come the guy up there can sing, but another guy is singing to him, and he's terrible. <laughs> well, when, when was this? Years ago. Yeah, it might have even been my other brother's bachelor party, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Long time ago. Yeah. But songs like Third. "Listen to What the Man Said" and a lot of those Stevie Wonder '70s hits—they remind me of being a kid and being in the car with. My dad driving yeah. around. Yeah. WLS. Because those were always on the radio. Wings yeah. was, yeah. he was by, I mean, by far the most popular or just, you know, the most played on the radio. Yep. All right, Beeve, the world is eager to hear your choices. I don't know. You uh, kind of set the bar. 35 minutes. Now, I don't have a, I'm relying on, uh, Apple Music, um, they would they would tell me uh, they they're telling me that I'm I actually cheated. It's thirty six minutes. Um, so podcast is over. I know only I, I, my list will be. <laughs> I set the, I, I set the rules <laughs> and then I cheated and I went to so thirty six minutes. So you can just cut off. Um, I haven't added it all up. Maybe it's like, maybe they just round it up. Maybe it's 35 and a half minutes. Anyway. I'm adding right a one it. minute song called Beave Doesn't Stick to the Rules. Uh, <laughs> where I sing it in the same tone as Ringo. <laughs> Beave bends the rules to his will and makes them his own. Uh, well, you can, you can uh, I'll, I'll allow it. If you want to make a 36 minute playlist, I'll allow it. Oh, good. I have a minute. Yes. Oh, thanks, Beef. <laughs> I am. Maybe, I am the maybe benevolent McCartney master. did an extended cut of Her Majesty in concert that I could. Play. There you go. Perfect. Done. Or uh, just get us get the lovely Linda from the first uh, from the first McCartney solo album. That'll do it. Here are mine. I was trying. <laughs> hold on one sec. <laughs> I was trying to find. To see if Day Tripper was on any of their albums, <laughs> like a, a live solo album, but they don't. No one, no one had it. I was disappointed. Uh, not as disappointed as me. Yeah, that would have been is, is that every cut in Day Tripper. <laughs> I submitted that first, and then <laughs> I was told 
neither solo work or <laughs> get out of here. Try again. So here are mine. We have some overlap. Um, really? So, yeah. I let off the album. I wanted like a big kind of opener and uh, with a little uh, sentimental meaning. So I open with photograph. That's my opener. Um, and then that I, angle is going to be so pleased with us for once. I did for once. I He's know. He's going to go celebrate at pockets. <laughs> he's he's there now jamming out to Backman Turner Overdrive eating potatoes. I think BTO does a version of Photograph. We'll have to find that. Yeah, we'll find it and post it on his wall. Send it to him. Um, treat for him. Ooh. Uh after that I went uh with one of my favorite McCartney tunes, a big hit, kind of quiet, and that's Another Day. Um I really like that. It's it, to me, it's like perfect McCartney kind of a ballad, kind of melancholy, um, but soaring in parts. Great harmonies. Yeah, another great like I was talking, just one of those seventies McCartney songs that you love to hear on the radio. Yeah, big hit. Yeah. Um, then I wanted to go because another day is sort of it's a little kind of sad, Paul. Yeah. Um, he gets into loneliness. He likes to write about lonely people. And that's another day. Um, so I went uh, kind of upbeat. Uh, I went with O Yoko by John, which is one of my all-time favorite John tunes. Yeah, that almost made mine too. Um, then I decided to just get into the sludgy jams and... Uh, put in letting go from the album venus and mars we were really I, in sync beef that was on my list too i think that's I, I put getting closer in because letting go was too long right yeah that's a well that was song. the extra minute that was the extra minute you know sometimes yeah. you got to go for it yeah uh my next song again an overlap um you know i i feel like you have to include a song from all things must pass it's it's got to be on here and there are so many candidates. Um, and I got it down to Wawa, My Sweet Lord, um, I'd Have You Anytime, um, If Not For You, which I came very close to. But in the end, I went with What Is Life? Because um, uh, it's, just, it's just more up-tempo. I feel it goes on a little too long. Um, that's my only complaint about that song but otherwise that song's it's fantastic just i have great. no complaints no yeah. complaints and that's wawa right. also almost made my yeah wawa is awesome that's one of my favorites one of my favorite songs we'll get into all things must pass uh later on uh and uh we'll debate whether it is in fact the best but beatles solo album um after that i went with hold on from the album plastic ono band um very quick one, but uh, that's another one that I really like. Every um, song in the album is good, so yep. can't go wrong picking from there. From then, I went to the hits. Uh, I feel like if you're going to do a best of, you have to have Band on the Run. Just, mm -hmm. I mean, it's been overplayed to death, but no one's going to. Um, one my no, solo poll, Band on the Run. Yeah, nobody's going to ding a, a playlist that uh, has Band on the Run. And, uh, Probably his best, I, in, in my opinion, his best um, achievement w with Wings, for sure. And possibly as a solo artist. 
the next one after that is watching the wheels. You know, it, it's just it's just a real shame what happened to John Lennon because I felt like he was kind of getting back to hey, let's make some hits, let's go for it. Um, you know, those that, that double fantasy was a monster even before um, he was killed. Right. And yeah. um, and th- th- this is my favorite. Um, just the kind of the whole li- the lyrics too, and and the tune. Um, and I love the ending of it, but I just had to let it go. Um, mm-hmm. Really great. And then I ended with George's tribute to John uh, all those years ago. Love that song. Yeah. Um, so those. So I had. Let's see. I had three John, three Paul. To George, really three, if you count photograph, as he wrote it with Ringo, um, and one Ringo. So there you have yep. it. Good, if, good list. We could probably make ten different uh, thirty-five minute playlists, but yeah. I felt that's very Beatlesque. That I, to me, that's a a part of their genius that they were in and out real quick, two and a half, three minute songs that were just awesome. Um, you know what's surprising though? It just almost made me list, but it didn't make either of ours. Is maybe I'm amazed. That's a great song. I mean, we didn't. Neither one of us put it on there. I know, and uh, I feel that for me now, I I used to think that maybe I'm amazed was underrated, and then I think that the rest of the world kind of came to that conclusion too, and now um, I feel like. Uh, it's 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 gone from underrated to way overplayed so i'm kind of down not, not you know did you I'm, have um any lesser known ones that you also considered oh yeah yeah i got a um, couple you go first i had any road by george harrison it's on yeah. brainwashed which i will talk about in a little bit Blow Away by George also, too, which it was a minor hit, but I don't think a lot of people know that. And uh, Hey Baby by Ringo, which I like a lot. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, go for, I'll go for one for each artist. Um, Ringo, I, lo- I love that song, I'm the Greatest. <laughs> yeah, that's a good song. Um, that I, was a hit. <laughs> I thought about that. That was a hit, but it doesn't get played anymore. Like when it came out, it was a hit. Well, I mean, it was it was written by John and John, George, and Ringo all play on it. Yeah, and uh, the the rumors of a Beatles reunion were rampant. Um, so uh, I I really like that song. Uh, the George, um, I really considered if not for you. Um, I really just dig that song. I also like the song. This song. This song. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so those are my two George ones. Uh, Paul, I really, I had it in there, took it out, put it back in, and ultimately took it out. Uh, the song Figure of Eight. Great song. From uh, Flowers in the Dirt. Love that song. Great song. And then uh, John, we, I mentioned it briefly, but Out of the Blue from the album Mind Games. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a great bridge, and uh, it's just very... Uh, Really great love song. So those are my ones I hated to leave out. Shockingly, we pretty much agree. 
Amazing. I know we are we like in no, Beatles. No Discord at all. Think. The Beatles have bonded us. Uh, Beatles solo has bonded give it, us. Give it time. We'll jinx ourselves <laughs> in time. Should we talk our top Beatles? Our, should we, wait, should we go to, uh, let's do underrated. What's, uh, what's the Beatles album that you think is? That I have three not talked about enough and should be. Three. I have three. Let's see. It. Let's Flowers see it. in the Dirt. Mm-hmm. By McCartney, yep. Brainwashed, George Harrison, and Egypt Station, which came out three years ago by Paul McCartney. Yeah, I really like that. I think all three of these albums are good the whole way through. And I'm kind of surprised Brainwashed isn't uh, talked about more because it was it was a posthumous one, and it's it's just really good. It's it's. I, I I put that up with Cloud Nine as George's like second and third. Cloud Nine brainwashed together. Behind all things must pass. Yeah, the a lot of people really good. I talked about any road, but the whole thing, the whole after all, I, I really like. It's ranked very highly on these uh, best Beatles solo albums. Oh, it is. Hmm. Yeah, you always see brainwashed up there. Maybe the critics like it, but I don't hear people. You know, just people in general talking about it. No, no. Uh, yeah. The uh, and flowers in the dirt is. I think I did. I put one song off of there, or did I? Yeah, you did uh, put it there. Put it there. But yeah, I love Figure of Eight, which you talked about. This one, My Brave Face. You love One or Two bra- with Elvis Costello. Yep. We got love My Brave Face. I had. I think I had it on cassette, and I just wore it out. I listened to it all the time. Okay, no, I it had came on, on uh, eighty nine. I had it on cassette too. Yeah. What was the other one I said? Um, oh yeah, Egypt Station. Have you listened to that? Yeah, I like it. I love it. I, I like it. it. We'll uh, listen to Egypt Station, guys. That's kind of a running theme too. Like these classic rock guys who keep going, and some of their albums just get overlooked because people are like, yeah, I've had enough. Even if you like them a lot, like I've had enough Elton John, or I've had enough. But Egypt Station is. Well worth a listen. I agree. I agree. Even and, gets uh, a little uh, political on it with the despite repeated warning song, which I think is my favorite one on the album. Mm-hmm. It was better. What was his nine eleven album? He put on nine kind of in response to nine eleven. I didn't think that, that was so well. um, driving rain. Yeah, it had driving freedom on it. Has freedom on it. Well, freedom was like an added one. They added it to the album at the end. Yeah. But this is better than Driving Rain. I never cared for Driving Rain, but Driving Rain, I like it. But it, I just think it's decent. It's yeah. not as good as these other albums we're talking about. He's done better. What are your underrated ones? Well, we did Mind Games, um, and uh, and we uh, I like the album. I think it's the one that's before. Egypt Station, uh, new. I really like. Yeah, new is really good too. Um, no one ever talks about that, and uh, it's uh, it's very bouncy, um, and it's got it's got one of my favorite McCartney lyrics where he basically kind of aims a song at his fans and the, all the super fans, the nerds, and they're like, "I I was there and I don't remember. How do you remember? You weren't there." Um, I love that. I think it's just great. He's got to be sick of talking about the Beatles. Um, 
He never, though, I mean, any interviews against McCartney, at least in the past 10 years or so, he always seems really mellow. He goes he, right and, for it. He's, he's the yeah. first to bring it up. Yeah. And he did, you know. If I ever he interviewed. Did, he did that whole thing with James Corden where he's like, all right, let's go to this awesome. bar and I'll just start playing it. Can you imagine you're in a bar? Here's Paul McCartney. They went to they went to his first house in Liverpool. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, here's I hung out here in this bathroom." I'm like, "One of the few good things James Corden's ever done." I'm like, "How dare you, James Corden?" (laughs) I'm crying, and you are such a jag. (laughs) That's this is not fair. Yeah. Quick aside about James Corden. Did you ever see the one where Tom Cruise and him jump out of an airplane? No, those are no. Even better than the McCartney one, if you can believe it. No. Go find that. It's great. No. Um, yes. <laughs> yes, Len. Do it now. Um, the other, uh, so Mind Games, um, I liked um, uh, New, and, uh, and I guess we can, I guess we can go in to uh, our top five albums because my third choice I would put as a as a top five my all-time favorite Beatles records and that is Chaos and Creation in the Backyard. Yeah, uh, I saw your I saw your post on Twitter. Why don't you talk about that album? I love it. I mean I to me it's very unlike any McCartney solo record that he's ever done before or since. And I kind of look at it you know, our friend Oaken, when uh, when Linda McCartney died, you know, it was very sad. And Oaken was like, get ready. Paul is going to Paul is going to do Linda is dead. You know, it's, it's going to be a masterpiece. And then he did Run, Devil, Run, which was, uh, you know, kind of like his covers, 50s covers, which I liked. That's like, um, yeah, his version of rock and roll. And I think. I get it. You know, that was his response is to kind of, you know, go to, you know, the music that makes him the happiest. Right. You no. Know? And uh, so I totally understood it. And then he married Heather Mills, the, um, the landmine, uh, the, the, the activist who wound up just taking him for half of his net worth. Yeah. And, uh, and so he had like courted her very quickly, whirlwind romance, married, you know, wrote should a be song ha- about her. Yeah, should be happy, and he puts out chaos and creation in the backyard, which is just such a somber. You know, then the lyrics aren't that somber, and oh, in some places they are, but just overall, I got like Linda is really dead, and maybe I got married too quickly to someone that maybe I shouldn't be married to, and I think my kids aren't too happy about it, and what have I done? And uh, yeah, I think his daughter especially did not like her one bit. No. Stella didn't like her. Yeah. No. And uh, yeah, to me, it just says, how did it go from being so great to being so terrible? Um, and I think it's more in the music than it is in uh, um, the lyrics. Um, but uh, I yeah. just, just think it's great. Really, unlike anything he's done before or since. And uh, I definitely urge anyone out there to pick it up. So what's well, let do your top five then, and I'll do mine. Yeah, so that would be my number five all time, my all time favorite Beatles solo. Number four would be Plastic Ono Band. Um, to me, you know, like you said, like 
you associate albums with like a place and a time. And um, I really discovered that record when Eileen and I, we were living out in LA cause I was thinking about moving there and we were, we lived there for three months and I was doing being a choice with um, Kirk and a lot of the factory guys. We were trying to get the factory going in LA and, uh, and I would drive back and forth from the theater to home and, uh, and I'd always have this album on. So I can never hear this album without thinking of, of LA. And uh, I think it's all been said about it's, you know, it's, he was, I think he was really kind of ripped apart by what happened with the Beatles and how, and basically how Yoko was blamed for it. And, you know, going through terrible personal times as well. So to put out an album, like, you know, which, you know, despite all that was going on, it's very tuneful and very melodic and uh, very gentle in spots as well. You know, everyone focuses on the primal screaming, but um, I think it's in some places very, very beautiful. Um, so I really like, so that's my number four. Three is Ram, which I think is extremely um, inventive. Um, and the lyrics, Paul's lyrics are very pointed. Um, I think too many people was kind of like his whole take on the Beatles situation and, and uh, just how. But I feel like when Paul is <laughs> saying that you don't really notice it right away. Right. Like when John Lennon was singing, how do you sleep? You're like, Oh boy. Uh, well, too John many was people, like, oh, like, Oh, we're doing that. Huh? So too many people. That means Yoko. Fine. We're <laughs> We're doing both barrels here, buddy. Both barrels. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, too many people is like, that's just one of the, you've got uh, Dear Boy, uh, Ramon, um, Uncle Albert, uh, Monkberry Moon Delight. Uh, I think it's just strong from start to finish. I think everyone's kind of caught up to that record. Um, yeah, I really, I really think that's what happened. Backseat of my my car in uh, heart song. of the country. Yeah, it's yeah. really it's really good. Eat at home. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's strong from start. It's it's an album that really sneaks up on me too. Because when I first heard it, I was like, it's all right. And then the more I heard it, I was like, nope, I'm wrong. This is great. I think um, that's part of the reason why it did get the great critical reception at first too, because Plastic Ono Band is Lennon just opening up his heart, like just raw and everything. Mm -hmm. And then George here, you know, all things must pass is just George just having this explosion of yeah. creativity. So Ram almost got overlooked back then. I agree. Now that all that stuff is 50 years ago, now you can listen to it for its own, you know, mm -hmm. you're not comparing it to anything else. You can just listen to it for what it is. I agree. Uh, so now we get to the debate because I love Venus and Mars. I just think that's my favorite McCartney record. I think that's, you know, wings at their best McCartney. I just, I, even though like you gave me the answer is kind of foofy and weird. Um, the rest of it is just super solid. Um, and, uh, or all things must pass. And so I'm going to go with all things must pass as number two. And I think it's primarily just because of my bias against double and triple, triple albums. I think you can 
sometimes there's a lot of fat that can be trimmed. Although with all things must pass, it's you got to look pretty hard to find the uh, the fat because it's pretty there isn't any pretty strong, which is there even isn't any more amazing. Unless you count apple jam, which I don't. Right. Um. But I, uh, I'm, I'm gonna go with all things must pass number two, and Venus and Mars, uh, number one. I just think that um, it's, uh, it's got listen to what the man said. That's pretty much the, uh, the hit. But it's got so many deep cuts. Yeah, medicine jar, spirits of ancient Egypt, Magneto yeah, and Titanium Man. It's a band album. It's not a McCartney album. Yeah. Because, yeah, I love, I love Spirits of Ancient Egypt and Medicine Jar. So, uh, I think Rock Show, um, it's, uh, it's really, uh, really excellent. So, those are my top five. Yeah, I'd say for mine, two through five are almost interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Venus and Mars fifth, but Venus and Mars could be second. Imagine yep. fourth. Band on the run, third. Plastic Ono Band, second. And All Things Must Pass, first. Uh, the only one of these we haven't really, we haven't really talked, we haven't talked about Band on the Run, really, or Imagine. Uh, Band on the Run, it's just 1985 title song. This is Vanderbilt. Let Me Roll It is a great song. We great song. About. I think it's, it, all five of these albums were, that I picked, I think, are just great the whole way through. It, and. I think all things was past the reason I put that one is it's just there's just an energy to it that just elevates it slightly above these other four. Agreed. And 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 Lennon just came out with two incredible ones, you know, Plastic Ono Band and Imagine. I mean, Imagine we've all heard eight billion times, but it's a song that I don't think will ever go away. And he just you know, his second solo album, he's just like, all right, here's a song that everyone will be listening to forever. I think he was trying to outpower ballad McCartney. Um, I think well, McCartney did Hey Jude, and and I think John was like, I can I can beat you. I can I can one up you. And uh and I think he did it. He's he, you don't have Imagine in your top five though. He's got he's got three super raw ones. He's got Jealous Guy, Crippled Inside. How do you sleep? And then he's got Oh Yoko, which we talked about, which mm-hmm. is like the polar opposite of those. And then, you know, another real soft melodic song and how. Yep. It's just it just shows his versatility. Another one is just you, you can't pick anything out of this. It's it's all fantastic. Yeah, I hated to leave Imagine off. And it's probably better than Chaos and Creation in the backyard. And I'm sure Band on the Run is better than Chaos and But our Jag Bags listeners wanted to hear it, Thief. Yes. That's what was, It's an interesting pick. I'm glad you talked about that album because it's not one that gets talked about. Yeah. I um and Band on the Run certainly is, there's a very interesting backstory behind them because they recorded that in Lagos, Nigeria. And uh they were very That's where near- I'm going to record my uh, my album. So. In Lagos? Yeah. I think you should. 
We still have to record the Fedora Jasmine theme song. Still waiting, everyone. We Who wants to help me out. That will never, ever take place. All the talented musicians and singers I know meet me in Lagos for the Fedora Jasmine album. Um, did uh, but did I, I don't know if you've heard uh about um uh. Uh, the, the, what happened while McCartney was trying to, you know, make uh, that album in Lagos? I think you told me, but go ahead and tell everyone. Well, he so one night, you know, McCartney and Linda, they like, let's go for a walk, and they were like, "No, don't do that." Yeah. Like, what? Come on, what can happen to us? They were robbed, knife point, um, and they not only did they, you know, get all their money, but they got a bag. Uh, that was basically full of cassettes contained demos, you know, of songs. So we had to like, all that work had to be redone. Um, And, uh, and then he also McCartney, like needed to be uh, nearly hospitalized because he had what was called a bronchial spasm, but uh, like fainted dead away in the studio and they could not revive him. And, uh, you know, they took him to the hospital and he recovered fully. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, that was, it was, it was kind of touch and go for a little while. And then, uh, the last incident that happened was, um, Fela Kuti, who was probably best known for being on the rock and roll hall of fame ballot. Um, but he was a local African musician and he, basically like went to the studio and said, what are you doing here? You're here just to exploit and steal African music and you get out. And so McCartney had to basically play like band on the run and bluebird to be like, no, we're not, (laughs) (laughs) this isn't copying anything that you've done. And so Fela Kuti was like, Oh, that is no. Okay. That's fine. Okay. He left. What a crazy kind of time. But anyway, yeah. why go to Lagos? I think it's so weird, but anyway. I don't know. McCartney is quirky. He's, he's, a lot of people have this mistaken perception that he's this mainstream guy, but the guy does classical albums. Mm-hmm. He does ambient music. Yep. He, McCartney 2 was the album that was just way ahead of its time. It was like this bizarre, almost like techno pop kind of album. That, uh, you know, I, I, what I always remember about that is it's like, you're listening, like, what is this? And it was like the radio stations were like, all right, let's get something out of this McCartney album. So let's play the jamming version of coming up, the live version. Yeah. And they played that on the radio all the time and they kind of ignored the rest of the album. Awesome. But he, yeah, he takes his risks. He kind of does what he wants. And he's uh, recorded with Kanye West. Yeah, yeah. I listened to that today. Him and, and Rihanna. Yep. Jagbag's favorite. Both Jagbag's favorites. Kanye oh, and Rihanna. Yes. Yep. I think that we should do a podcast con- uh, solely devoted to those three artists. Kanye, McCartney. And yeah. Rihanna. Record setting. Yeah, with this song as the centerpiece. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> are we doing so to finish up we're gonna do our top oh let's 
before we do our top five favorite solo songs, can I do a little overview? Yes. Talk about just briefly about some we haven't talked about. Let's do it. For everyone. Who 38 special? This is the 38 special? No, no, no. no. Oh. Come to the meetings. Stop hanging out with Alex. Hmm. One of the first, one McCartney one we didn't talk about was Speed of Sound, which yes. I think is a really good album. I think this was Paul McCartney's best stretch was when he did Venus and Mars. Um, he did Band on the Run, Venus and Mars, and Speed of Sound all in a row. Speed of Sound had the two hits that people know are Silly Love Songs and Let Him In, but it has a great deep cut, Beware My Love, one of my great, favorites. Of great hits. song. So if you've never listened to that one, that is yes. the one to listen to. And we talked about Back to the Egg a little bit. That is, I could have put that on the underrated one. That's just really good. You know, it's another one that, that I think didn't, that got kind of critically derided that I think is better than you remember is, is Tug of War. Do you like Tug of War? There are certain songs on there that I really like. Um, that's kind of one that I felt kind of the opposite. Like Back to the Egg just got ripped unfairly so and i felt like tug of war got praised you know because it was put out right after lennon's death oh uh, maybe i'm mixing it up because pipes of peace is the one that probably got destroyed pipes of, and, and and deservedly so <laughs> um, i like a couple songs on pipes of peace oaken would call that album pipes of piss <laughs> That's how much he hated it yeah. Tug of War has title cut, it has Take It Away, it has Wanderlust. Here, Here today. today. I think it's a pretty good album. I love Take It Away. Yeah, and uh, Flaming Pie, we didn't talk about. I which... listened to that because I was like, I bought that album because that was another one that got like rave reviews. And I remember buying that on cassette or maybe CD because it was in the 90s. And thinking, being disappointed by it. I like it. I like Flaming Pie. I, you're, in the major, you're in the majority. Yeah, I think that's a good one, too, that we can talk about. The World Tonight, that could have made my uh, playlist. What about, what about Memory Almost Full? Memory, I don't really like Memory Almost Full. That, you'd see that on these lists. Some would rate that like one of the worst McCartney records. Yeah. Like only give my regards to Broad Street was worse than memory almost full. Mm. But then I'd see lists where it's like, no, it's genius. It's top 10 all time. I'm like, what? I remember hearing yeah, it I, once I'm not and a fan. I'm not, not a really fan. liking it. I'm not a fan of memory almost full. Yeah. And have you listened to his newest one? Uh, only once and I didn't care for it. Yeah, that one hasn't sunk in. For me, I've listened to it a few times. I'm like, I'm, there's got to be. And they even did a other artists doing versions of the songs on McCartney 3, like Phoebe huh. Bridgers and Beck. Huh. So I'm going to listen to that when uh, I get a chance. And uh, let's see, I think John Lennon, we pretty much covered pretty well, except for Walls and Bridges and Sometime in New York City, which I think we all agree that was just like a total misfire. It's like Plastic Ono Band and Imagined are classics. And then Sometime in New York City is like, okay, John, take a step back. Right. 
Yeah, very much so. Walls and Bridges, I think, is just decent. I mean, I like the two hits. I like whatever gets you through the night and number nine, Dream. Yeah. George, what do you think of George's other stuff besides the ones we mentioned? Is there anything else that you really enjoy? Well, I mean, I feel like we should talk a little bit about the Traveling Wilburys. I mean, if we're going to talk Wings. Um, but what about his just pure solo ones? Is there any other one? I like living listen? in the material world. You know, that one's never grabbed me. I was I was reading about that one today. And I'm like, I don't know. I just never, never gotten into that one. I like it. I like uh, Sue Me, Sue You Blues. <laughs> First of all, the lyrics are great. Because he's just like, I hate everyone. All these lawyers, we're just suing each other. Ah. Well, I think... For me, the only other, a couple other George ones I've listened to a lot. Concert for Bangladesh is great. And that's not just him. That's just yeah, all these great artists. And uh, George Harrison's, the self-titled one. Yeah, I don't care. That one I don't care for. I like that one. But let's, before we talk Wilburys, what about Ringo? I think we kind of agree on Ringo. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say that my least favorite Beatles solo album and I had to listen to it because uh, I had no idea that Ringo made a Christmas album <laughs> and I was like oh my god I've got to hear this and uh, yes that's that's the worst <laughs> that is the worst I would have said give my regards to Broad Street um, a movie I don't that think I, I've ever listened to Broad Street or the Ringo Christmas album <laughs> uh, I went to see the movie give my regards to Broad Street really? I was like money I will never get back I like No More Lonely Nights but Oh, I hate that song. Yeah. Well, that's because you have no heart. <laughs> yes, that you're right. <laughs> I know, which I try to make up for by letting Alex have his way with everything. It's my way of... Wrong way to go about it. But anyways. Alex will never have a lonely night. Oh, my God. <laughs> He'll do whatever he wants. I hope he's spending that advance well. <laughs> So Ringo's Christmas album. Speaking of abominations. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I would call that the worst uh, Beatles solo album. Yeah, I think right away Ringo kind of, I think he realized I need help. Yeah. Because his one really good album is Ringo. And that was, he got help from all the Beatles. Oh my God, that is an all-star lineup. Yeah, I mean, not just the Beatles, but he got guys from the band, um, to help him. Uh, well, on one uh track, uh, Martha, uh, Reeves from Martha and the Vandellas, and Mary Clayton from Gimme Shelter sing backup. Um, Harry Nielsen's did you know, on did there. You know Mary Clayton got in an accident and like lost her legs. When? I don't know. It was a couple of years ago because she has a new album out. I and did she's not know this. Like in a wheelchair. Yeah. Holy God. Yeah. Oof. Yep. Yeah, but Ringo kind of realized, okay, I need help, and he tried. Kind of kept putting out albums, but they never really hit too well, except for Ringo. And then he decided, I'm just going to tour with an all-star band for the rest of my life. There are worse ways to make a living. No, he is fun. I mean, you you can't not like Ringo. He's just like, all right. And everybody, I mean, most people realize 
how important he was to the Beatles with his drumming. I love that the Beatles pretty much the only thing they could agree on was like Ringo's awesome. Sure, yeah. we can write a song for him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's probably kind of hard to not like Ringo. He just seems like a really good guy. Ringo knows where all the cocaine is, and that's what makes him not very anymore. No, 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 no. He doesn't LA. smoke anymore. Well, in the seventies, maybe. But yeah, you're right. Now he's he's definitely until nineteen. 19- 74 where he said no no beef <laughs> i don't smoke anymore there is a great interview with ringo and george on it's on a british talk show and uh <clears throat> they have george on it's i'll find the video and send it to you but initially it's just uh, this talk show host who's british and it takes place in like london and so it's the whole proceeding is very english and then they say, oh, George, we have a guest for you. And George's like, oh, well, who could this be? <laughs> and here comes Ringo. Amazing George invitation. Thank you. Add and that uh, to the Beef pantheon of uh, incredible invitations. And here comes Ringo, who I think is three sheets to the wind. <laughs> and he's smoking a cigarette. And it's, it is delightful. First of all, because they're just like riffing off each other. You could tell they're like good friends. Yeah, and uh, I'll find it. It's uh, put on. It's just terrific from start to finish. Uh, they talk about being roommates. <laughs> and, really? Yeah, they're. I mean, they were roommates while, you know, before they really, you know, before obviously before you know they got married. Um, Let's finish up with a little Wilburys. All right. Well, that, uh, give me your thoughts on uh, the traveling Wilburys. I like them. I like them. I do. Too. Um, I wouldn't say they're to get into any depth lyrically, but they're fun to listen to. I think that first album is outstanding. Yeah, the first album's really good. And it's got uh, George's uh, one song, Headed for the Light. That's one of the best things he's ever done. Um, I thought about putting that in like, you know, kind of a, um, you know, top five solo Beatles. Uh, and if we're counting that, cause that song's great. Mm-hmm. And that's George lead. And I know he wrote it. Yeah. So, yeah. You could count that, I guess. Yeah. The second, uh, the Wilburys album I, to me is not as good. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think they have three, right? I thought they only had two. I thought they had three. What am I thinking of? I, cause I listened to like a whole collection. I thought it was three albums. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, while I'm checking, any yes. last thoughts on Beatles solo before we talk about next week? They were great. <laughs> they made good music that I absolutely enjoyed. Oh, that's, <laughs> How's that for pen- penetrating? Oh, listen this whole time. Penetrating insight. That's kind of insight. Yeah, they have three. They have volume one, volume two, and then they had one. Oh, maybe that was just a... Yeah, they had volume three. Huh. Let me see what this is. I don't think they had a volume two. I think they went... For whatever reason, they went from uh, Traveling Wilburys volume one, and then two years later, they put out Traveling Wilburys volume three. And maybe volume two got lost somewhere. Maybe what I'm thinking of is they just collected some 
you know, like outtakes and some other stuff. Right. And put it all together as a three CD set. I think that's what I listened to. Okay. Right. All right. <laughs> and on that anticlimactic note. We really just kind of thudded that whole thing. Too, right? <laughs> that's all right. Our, our wonderful sound engineer and producer, Declan, will clean this up and do it with a smile. Mm-hmm. Um, his, uh, his pal, uh, Mike, who he's in a band with, um, he does a podcast. And I've just got to give it some quick love. His uh, their podcast is called Catching Up with Ben, and every week they do a different Ben Affleck movie. And really? They go, yeah, they just go. They they're about a quarter <laughs> of the way through all of Affleck's movies. They just pick wow. a they just pick a different movie and they just dissect it uh, um, completely. Interesting. And, uh, yeah. So um, it's called Catching Up with Ben. So if you're an Affleck fan. Go find that. And uh, do they like Affleck? Uh, I think that I don't think you watch all Ben Affleck movies without liking him a little bit. You know, it's funny with teenagers. They like, they're like, yeah, we just want to make fun of them. Yeah. We're just here to make, totally make fun of them. And then they're like <laughs> watching their movies in great detail. And they know. Everything. Yeah. And then they're like, but some of this is good. Right. Right. So right. Um, I don't know how you can sit through, uh, you know, so much. What was the Ben Affleck movie he did with Jennifer Lopez? Giggly, giggly. Yep. I mean, you've really got to be a fan to sit through that. Yep. And yet, that's another name that I've probably completely botched and mispronounced. <laughs> we have to have a couple each podcast. So. Yeah, we really do. We really do. I'm fulfilling my quota. What's on the uh, What's on the docket for next week? We're going to talk about the books. And the movie and television adaptations of Stephen King. Hooray! With special guest Colin Milroy. Ooh. <laughs> Colin's going to be a little sad that you didn't give him the enthusiasm you did for the subject. <laughs> Maybe Colin. Declan can work his magic on that. <laughs> Colin. Declan will make Colin very interesting. Yeah. No, Colin is a super smart guy. He is a uh, pop culture um, aficionado. He has forgotten more pop culture than you or I will ever know. And uh, he's a big Stephen King fan. Um, and his insights are always uh, tremendous. It's going to be a great episode. Please tune in and tell a friend. Um, and uh, as always, uh, if you like what you hear, please put that on your various social media channels. Make it hashtag jagbags. Um, please, uh, like our episodes. If you, uh, are so inclined, please rate our episodes. If you're so inclined. And, uh, as always, if you have the ability to subscribe to Jag Bags, please do that. And, uh, as always, we are grateful for all the comments and, um, remarks and reviews. We take them seriously. We, uh, only ignore Bruce's feedback. and. <laughs> Um, and we're just grateful that you listen. And that's all I got. Any parting words for you before nope. we wrap, wrap this up? No. Nope. Thanks. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. And when you're ready, put a little jag bags in your ear. <laughs>